What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Flick Experience. I'm the host man, Gabriel, here. So today, we're going to talk about the top 10 in films directed by Martin Scorsese. Now, sometimes in this podcast, I want to do some top 10s, like the top 10 best, the top 10 worst of that. So this is going to be one of them, but except this is the top 10, probably, I would say, best Martin Scorsese films I've ever saw, and probably the best best one of them of all, all time. So let's get right into it. All right, so for number 10, I chose Shutter Island. Now, Shutter Island is a 2010 really dark neo-noir psychological thriller film. It was based on the 2003 novel by Dennis Lehane. And this is one of Scorsese's not really a recognizable films. I mean, it stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo. And, it, and the film is about uh, this FBI agent or police detective. And they go to this uncharted island known as Shutter Island, a prisoner island all the way from the four orders. And they investigate a crime scene based on a, of an escaped convict. There's a lot of twists and dark turns into this film, and the plot can be very, very confusing, but you really have to listen in. But I love the cinematography and the vibe and this really dark, like, horror vibe that Scorsese puts into this film. Even score, like, DiCaprio's act acting, like, you could just feel the tense fear here in, in his eyes and just by his expressions. But also, also just the story, or as you're watching, it unfolds in this conspiracy plot line, and it gives you, like, the real truth that sometimes can be pretty dark and depressing. So, Shutter Island, I would say, it's an okay film, but I wouldn't recommend, it, like, re-watching it. If you do but i would give it on the top 10 because there's some well-directed scenes i like even the by the shadow shady cinematography and just how the way scorsese it just feels like a film made in the 1940s since it takes place in that time and it just has like a really good vibe on how it sets the audience in a really intense sphere of variety you know so that i will put shutter island on my top 10 list now we go to number nine silence now this is a beautifully done on movie because not only there's some historical context in it, but there's also like a very, very, very intense, serious drama in that film. The film talks about two Jesuits priests from Portugal and they travel into Japan during the 1600s. And this was at a time when Christianity was completely forbidden in the country of Japan. Nobody was allowed out in there. If you bring in any like side of Christianity symbolism or any anything, they will kill you immediately. And the story is about two Jesuits priests played by Andrew Garfield and Adam Driver to go find their priesthood mentor played by Liam Neeson since he's been gone and missing for months and they have to go oh, find him while at the same time trying to protect some Japanese villagers while in hiding but worshipping Christianity at the same time. It's a really dark arc and Tense film like like always, but there's also there's some religious spiritual like symbolism which Scorsese does in all all of his films. Like how long on can you keep believing, but at the same time you're you have to be keep this quiet and not be public opinion in about. Now keep in mind this is during historical times, but I just love the aspect how. Uh, the pre-Isis character, played by Andrew Garfield, is debating, like, I don't know if I have faith in God, or should I just say that I am a Christian, or I don't know how long I can protect this. There's, a, there's a, some intense emotional, like, really debatable questions that you would ask in this film, even by the characters. You're, you're like, with them, and you're just, and you sometimes you just feel bad for them. In silence, it is beautifully intense, even with the cinematography, and just, like, the setting of Japan, and, and you feel for the emotion so silence i would recommend and watching this film and let's see how you would react to it it is a very powerful 
Very questionable film if you're into that faith questioning into this. I mean, it is a real, it's a really disturbing film, um, even by in some scenes where you just I can't handle it. But the performances are amazing. Andrew Garfield is like probably one of the best actors so far. So I would recommend seeing this film. And now on to number eight, and that is Gangs of New York. Now, this is a passion project that Scorsese always wanted to make ever since like the mid-80s. He's been trying to get the rights to these films almost, like forever and then finally it was released in 2002. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Cameron Diaz, and Daniel Day-Lewis. And by the way, this was the first collaboration where DiCaprio and Scorsese have worked together. And this is a film about uh, New York during the 1860s with all these street gangs around uh, New York and they try to battle it out. And, and, and there's some intense moments in that film too. Just how, how very tough, tough, tough New York City idiot life during the 1860s. I love the set at design since this was mostly shot in Italy. How you actually feel like you're back in New York in the 1860s. And this is about out a man, and an Irishman, and who wants to get revenge on the butcher played by Daniel Day-Lewis who killed his father. And there's some uh, mo moments where he has to go on, on this, this totem pole old journey trying to rise him to the top uh, to get to the butcher in this gang relation that he wants to in order to get close with him and kill him at the same time. There's like a really grit, raw and gritty moments you see in this film. But I would recommend seeing this film too. I love the performance. Daniel DeLuis plays like a really intense, almost like a very hateful character because he's this gang ang leader for a really, probably a racist and ignorant native, native tribe back in the day. But this guy could kill you even if you even piss him off or at least he's not respect him enough and then the Capro, you feel ill for this character. You want him to succeed in his revenge, and Gangs of New York shows all, all of it. And I mean, the, even the even the first opening scenes with the battle against the natives and the dead rabbits, it's a bit hard, hard to watch. But you also get to listen to Peter Gabriel's score in the background, and and yeah, so far it, it's actually there's some good historical context in the film, even though some of it is inaccurate. But I recommend you get it a watch. Gangs of New York, probably. Maybe an underrated Scorsese film back in those days. But go watch the film. If you're really into hit history, I recommend go seeing it. All right, now we go to lucky number seven, and that is The Last Temptation of Christ. Also by Martin Scorsese, probably one of the most controversial films that Scorsese ever directed. It was also based on a book in 1955 by Nikos Kazantzakis. And this is one of those, those films where I guess you only get to watch it once. And this is like one of those, you know how like Marvel films, they do this what if scenarios. This is one of those what if type of biblical films. Now, we've all seen in Bible movies and how Jesus is portrayed and every, everything. And personally, I'm not a big fan of Bible epic films. I mean, they're interesting. But for this one in general, this is like, whoa, what is this? Now, a lot of people at this time when this film came out, they were really pissed off about at this film. And the movie is about uh, Jesus Christ played by Willem Dafoe and how you get to see him in a more humanized way. Like, he's not the guy like, oh, I'm preaching, be love of one another. He sort of, you get to see him, him be like, where he has doubts in himself, thinking, I'm not the son of God, I'm not the Messiah. I, uh, and you get to see him, how, how he humanizes with his disciples and what he thinks of just being ing alive. I mean, there's some, there's a really, like, not a, not an important shot, uh, but there's, a, there's a, like a real intense, like, scene where Jesus is out in the desert and he draws this circle. And you could see, like, Satan himself trying to, like, 
and like get into his mind, mind because the whole point of that film is that he can be like what if Jesus was evil or what if he did not die on the cross and so which is the controversial uh, part like what if Jesus was not the Messiah and he get to live for a long, long time it's one again th this is one of those bible scenarios and when i saw this film the first time i was like oh wow i can see why people are pissed off by this mostly for religious people but listen if you're a religious person then you might not like this film but if you're a person who is religious but likes movies just watch it but try to keep your mind off the religious part and focuses on the story value uh this is just a weird movie i just like i like the what if scenario story in it and there's some good or not good historical context into it but this but this is just one of one of those fun oh, where we get to see like an alternate reality history of it and i thought scorsese did a good job directing it it was very low budget too and a lot of people didn't see that coming that it's not one of the best biblical films of all time but it's one of those what if type biblical films but in a artistic way of kind of like again temptation but also just on how we see a historical character look between from his like humanistic and emotional way and how he he's like feeling so watch this film or not but you'll probably only watch it once and now number six we go to the aviator released in 2004 it stars leonardo dicaprio as the famous aviator howard hughes now this I would say is a good historical film because I love like like the character biography of how of the famous Howard Hughes how he goes from directing probably one of the biggest blockbusters of all, all time Hell's Angels to uh, breaking speed records and fat ass planes but also debating the Senate and hearings on how how uh, the Hercules is playing and was a big deal in the aviation business but there's also a psychological part in the film how Howard struggles with his OCD, which in real life, Howard Hughes had a long, long time struggle with OCD, and DiCaprio captures it perfectly. There's like some scenes where uh, you feel for how Howard struggled with his o OCD, and some of those scenes actually ha happened in real life, where Howard Hughes locked himself in a projective room, and he's been isolated for six months because his OCD is just way out of control, and Scorsese captures this really perfectly because you feel for the guy, but you also root for his best achievement too and the aviator again this is an underrated historical film i love the act acting and the performance by dicaprio and also kate blanchett as Catherine hepburn and john c riley even alec baldwin it's a really good cast in this film i would recommend and the aviator if you're a big history fan or if you love howard hughes in his aviation business watch the aviator all right now we're getting down to the really good ones with number five taxi driver now this is, I would consider, a masterpiece. I mean, Scorsese has a lot of masterpieces, but this is one of them that was probably got him on the on the map. I mean, there was Mean Streets, but this was like Scorsese's probably fourth film, I believe. That showed what a director can do in a raw, gritty crime environment in New York, especially in the 70s. Taxi Drivers portray is an insomnia character and probably a veteran PTSD guy who is a little bit of a psychopath named Travis Bickle, played by a 
great performance by Robert De Niro and you get to see him be this taxi driver as he drives to people all throughout New York in the 70s and you see this really toxic really gritty environment because I swear New York was really screwed up at that time and you feel ill for De Niro's character like why he's like, like this and what he thinks about the city and what are his people's thoughts like you get into his psychological head but he's also kind of a bit of an anti-hero too where he saves Jodie Foster a, a young prostitute teenager who's been harassed by Harvey Keitel plays the pimp and, and Travis Bickle comes in and saves the day where he he buys these guns and he shoots at all of these pretty much like the scum of the earth and the or kill kills the pimp and sort of saves her but you get but in the ending you get this feeling like did he really do all of this or was this all in his head and like is he the good guy or the bad guy you get a lot out inside in his head and Martin Scorsese captures New York beautifully but in a really really dark gritty way and Taxi Driver is again it's like a master piece it was nominated for like tons of oscars at the film but it never won any and the script by paul schrader probably one of the best screen plays ever written and taxi driver i would recommend seeing this over and over again it's like probably one of the top 10 best crime films of all, all time so i would recommend seeing taxi driver especially like the famous quote oh, like you talking to me you talking to me I swear, I swear, yeah, a lot out of like TV and movies always parodied that line. So Taxi Driver, I will put that on my number five list. And now we go to number four, and that is Martin Scorsese's 1980 film, Raging Bull, also written by Paul Schrader and Mardik Martin. Now this is another like tremendous masterpiece. It's about Jake LaMotta, a heavyweight boxer in his life who who was a really great boxer in the boxing world, but he had a really intense dysfunctional life where you looked at him and he was kind of a bit of a bad guy to his family and his friends and everyone. It's a bit of a historical drama film where he's this boxer by night, but by daytime with his family, you could see him with his blind rage just tearing apart his family and everything. I mean, he was just not a good guy. And Robert De Niro plays a great like performance in this role. I mean, he even had to take some boxing lessons and gain weight in order to play this brute boxer. And Joe Pesci's great in this too. This was his first movie he collaborated with Scorsese. And I loved like the black and white cinematography it has in this film. It's actually like watching a film being set in the 1940s and 50s. Even though the movie was made in 1979. But it's so raw and powerful by the emotions and the boxing sequences. They're really intense. There's there's blood splattered all over. Even though the color was was all in black and white but just Scorsese's slow motion and where you just hear just the sound it's really deep tone sound which he does in his film just the slow motion in general it makes the fighting more intense and even even better and gruesome too this is probably the only Oscar Robert De Niro won for this film and what a lot of people didn't know this is that this was United Artists the studio's last film they ever ever like released in 1980 it was a box office his flop but critically acclaimed but it, it the entire studio of united artists went down and raging bull went down too it was for it was kind of forgettable for a time but by 10 years later people went to see it again and it is now considered probably one of the greatest film all of all time probably like on the number four list i mean the acting the directing the cinematography the color grading the the fighting choreography it is like scorsese's and de niro's masterpiece there's a i mean scorsese and de niro have like a great actor and director chemistry collaboration just like with DiCaprio and Scorsese they're two probably one of the greatest actors that Scorsese ever had so I recommend watching Ray Aging Bull if you're or if you ever wanted to be a director and study 
hoodie film, why watch this film? And Scorsese dedicated, especially the ending towards the film, he dedicated to a lot to his mentor, who was a professor at NYIU. There's some religious symbolism at it, but you get to see uh, the character's life, Jake LaMotta, on what he was like from back then to the presently now as this old, old guy, sort of like a comedian at the end. Hey, and giving this monologue from Marlon Brando, but it's a great storyline from beginning to present to past now. It's a little bit in chronological order, but you get to see what Jake LaMotta went through uh, all his life, just blinded by rage. So go watch Raging Bull. And on my number three list, we will be going with The Wolf of Wall Street. This I would consider probably one of the best black comedy films of all time. I mean, that's just what I I think. I love of of this this movie because I love Leonardo DiCaprio's like funny one-liners he has in this film and, and just like the dialogue they have in this film. It just feels so na natural and improv at the same time. The Wolf of Wall Street talks about uh, this real-life stockbroker Jordan Belford who learns how learns how to probably manipulate stock and steal their client's pocket into his pocket and it creates this stock firm called Stratton Oakmont which is based on a real firm and he just manipulates stock and he kind of cheated on people. He was a big, big fraud but you understand and his life on what the corruption of greed he went and through all 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 the sex he could have, all the drugs he could have. He could have. I mean the acting, acting is really like Top tier A A plus and Margot Robbie's great in it too, who plays Jordan Belfort set Eck and Y I which I guess this was like her big big screen day debut in this film. And then Jonah Hill plays Donnie Azoff, who's Jordan's like right hand man and assistant. And somehow you just feel like these guys are so funny. Even though what they're doing is wrong, since this is based on on the yuppie time during the late 80s and the early 90s. But you kind of a reason with these guys and you kind of like, like these guys. I love like the direction, how just the corruption agreed and how wild and crazy it is just being out of stockbroker firm. And I always love the inner monologues that Jordan Bell Elford has on what money can do and how it could get you corrupted and just like just the whole rich lifestyle he can. I mean, I swear, when I saw this film, I was laughing hysterically the whole time in this film. Like, just the monologues, it just feels like he's talking directly at you, and you kind of feel ill for him. So, Wolf of Wall Street, I recommend watching this with a buddy and have a good laugh with this film. It's it's really fun, uh, honey. So, go watch this film. And now, we go to number two. We're getting close. Number two is by far probably the greatest crime films of all time in the Italian crime film cinema, I guess you could say, is Goodfellas. It stars Ray Liotta, Robert De Niro, and Joe Pesci. Again, greatest crime film ever. It's also based on a true story and based on a book too as well. And you get to see Ray Liotta who plays Henry Hill, an Italian mobster gang member. And you get to see what his life goes through from his rise to the top of becoming one of the most most notorious gang, gang members to his downfall on getting arrested by the police and going into the witness protection program. Great dialogue in the film, great acting. I mean, what uh, can I say? It's Scorsese and De Niro uh, and the great Ray Liotta. Rest in peace, man. And Joe Pesci, I just love the scenes with him. He's just this intense, crazy character. Well, you do not want to piss him off. Even when he's like this funny guy, honey guy, and like this very calm dude, he'll just, he'll just crack in an instant instant if you piss him off and stuff. And so is, oh, does Ray Liotta as well. Oh, there's this great timeline from 
the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, to the 80s on what Henry Hill goes through, even with his wife Karen, played by Lorraine Bracco. And you get it to feel for this character as he goes through this criminal lifestyle, just selling drugs, beating up other mafia members. There's this great direction Scorsese does. It's, it feels like this is a great gangster film that we rarely get to see these days. I wish we have more of those gangster films in the future, but Goodfellas, it's literally iconic. There's a lot of like 100 best lines in this film. Um, there's like great camera work, especially this long, long take where, where Henry Hill and his and his wife Karen go to this restaurant, and they have to go through like an entire like like aisles of through the kitchen, through the restaurant, to the basement, all the way down to the dining area. It's a, it's like all done in one and taken. It's like one of the best shots ever made. So good for us. I recommend you seeing this film. It's the best crime film. Um, ever made it. I love the performances. Good, good fellas. You'll you'll probably have a laugh out of it, but also have a great time just watching this film. And now we go to number one, the number one Martin Scorsese film on my top ten list, and that I'm gonna choose The Departed. Now this is probably my number one masterpiece that I consider. The best film of all time. It stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, and Matt Damon, and even Mark Wahlberg. What a lot of people didn't know is that this is a remake of a 2002 Hong Kong film called Infernal Affairs, and this is and this is probably considered a best remake of the uh, film, but in an Americanized way. DiCaprio plays an undercover cop who's trying to infiltrate Frank Costello, played by Jack Nicholson, this Boston Mafia gang member, while trying to get close to him. But at the same time, I'm Matt Damon's character, Colin Sullivan, is the preventer trying to prevent DiCaprio's character from getting to him since he's the cop's rat in the SIU. And the way that it's shot and directed in this film, it's like two characters, one good, one bad, are going on a parallel track and you never know who's going to get to who until they meet up in the end. And it's just like this one intense breakthrough on what the characters are going through. I love, like, the Boston vibe of the cops and the criminal organization. I love the story and drunk. I don't know, just, it's like a cat and mouse game, and you never know who's going to get caught in this. And The Depart Art is, like, one of the best from Scorsese's ever directed. It won many, many Oscars. William Monaghan won the best Oscar for Best Adapted Screenplay. It's, like, beautifully written and not only that it was Scorsese won finally his best director award and he even won the best picture award of 2006. The Departed is like the best film I've ever ever seen in my life. I've all anytime it's on TV or if it's on HBO I would watch the whole, whole thing so you know, if you want to see if I say like or if anybody say is what is the my favorite Martin Scorsese film of all time? It is The Departed. Go watch The Departed. It's probably like the best film ever. Buy it on DVD, stream it. However, go watch this film. It is the best film I've ever seen. So there you have it, guys. That is my top ten and Martin Scorsese films of all time. I watch any of these films if you like them or not, and give me your earth thoughts on this film. Martin Scorsese is one talented director. I recommend go watch all of his films from his first film to his very recently film. And yeah, he's just a talented director with really great films. We need more directors like him though. Oh, and yeah, 
Martin Scorsese, the master of cinema. So there you have it, guys. That, that will be all, all in today's uh, episode. And if you like, like this, please follow me on Spotify or Anchor. And don't forget to follow my Instagram page on Gabriel's Flick Experience. And there's more or to come um, on the show with newer episodes coming soon. And as usual, this is the host man saying to you all, good night, everybody. Thank you.